It's time for your weekly dental evolution session of fun and educational information for dental professionals. Dr. Tony Sirachi from Momentum Management and Emmanuel Recupero from Dental ED are proud to present dental education to you in their unique blend of casual conversation. It's high in energy and high in value. And now, over to our hosts. Good evening, everyone, and welcome tonight to our next session, our session seven, which is the case studies. Tonight, a very special session indeed. A lot of you have been following the program that we have been running in the last. People are catching up to our modules with each session, but tonight's a little different. We have a very interesting presentation. I actually really loved it. It's so original when I first saw it. Now I'm used to really good quality presentations and I've been doing it for with three dentally. But tonight I'm seeing something a little different. I'm seeing where we're actually obtained the clinical cases from some of the dentists from last week and we are embedding it into this presentation. And we are going through systematically how those patients are being handled by the dentist and how they could have been potentially handled better, better by how we're explaining it, how we could enhance the presentation results from those case studies. So Tony, do you like to add anything more onto this? I would really like to thank all of the dentists that sent cases into me. Bombarded by cases and photos of patients and help me with this 20, help me with that. And it was actually hard to choose two cases. I got two cases from dentists in Australia and they presented to these patients already and they get what they wanted. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back on what they did and then I'm going to give you some feedback and help you build your case presentation muscles and help you getting your patients to say yes to more treatments. Now, I say thank you. Thank you, everyone. Here's a cheers to everyone that's been sending Emmanuel and I wine. We love you. Thank you so much. We really need this red to get us through our sessions. So thank you so much. And honestly, we are absolutely touched by all of you that are sending you. Really, you don't need to do that, but we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Okay. So. What I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you, Emmanuel, to pop the slideshow up, please, and let's explain how this is all going to work tonight because it is different. It's something that you've never done. So I'm giving it a go. I've been creative. Let's keep our fingers crossed that you can all understand it and you all feel good with it. Guys, we've got lots of people on tonight. Thank you so much. That's fantastic. Up to session seven. Which means we've only got one more session to go, Emmanuel. What are we going to do on a Tuesday night? I don't know what we're going to do, Emmanuel. And let's get started because we've got a lot to go through. So, guys, I want to explain how this is going to work. And I really want to tell you that tonight, what I'm presenting to you, I truly believe is absolute gold. It is really precious. And that's why... On this, uh, this presentation up as a recording, and I'm not putting the notes as a file in our Facebook page because only those of you that are here live deserve this tonight. Okay. You made the tonight. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And we're going to reward you by sending you the notes. And the notes are something that I believe are really going to help you with your future. Emmanuel, I'm getting lots of people saying that the voices are breaking up. So I'm not quite sure what to do there. If we go Facebook live in the conventional way, guys, we will not be able to show you the slides. Yeah. Let's so keep going. Have to, Let's we will have to, yeah. And if we have a problem and it's been so much of a problem, We'll repeat the lecture in the future and we'll re-record it for everyone in a different way and then put it up online as, as a video, okay? Not a problem. Let's get into it, Mr. Amen. Next slide. Sure. 
All right. Guys, a reminder of the relationship building formula and what we are doing tonight is remember that we have done a preclinical interview where we have got to know the patient. We have found out who they are and what they want. And they have told us what their motivators are, which means what's brought them into us today to see us. And they've told us what their concerns are, which is what could potentially stop us to our treatment plans. We also found out what their disc behavioral type is. So we've got all of this information. Then what we do is we do our clinical examination, which is that dotted line. Then we are going to present the treatment to them. What we're going to do next is we're then going to prepare for our consultation with the patient. And I know that this is something that you don't do. You guys just don't do this. I know you don't think about and have it really going on in your head before you go and talk to the patient. And believe me that this is, if you're able to prepare for your communication with the patient, this is where you're going to have all the success in the world. Okay. So use our preparation form, which I did give you in the last session. And you'll see tonight how I use this preparation form. Next slide, please, Manuel. Okay. So I'd just like to remind you that in a well-functioning practice, there are at least 50 systems that we need to use in a practice to be efficient and effective. And just because we're doing case presentation, you just have to be good at case presentation. You need to be set up with all of your systems around you. And so it's very important that you have the whole team on board. Jen, please, Emmanuel. You have the whole team on board, that you have your systems in place and that really this is all about you building confidence and being able to talk to the patient with the confidence and so you are right solutions for their dental problems. Click the slide again for me, please, Emmanuel. As Emmanuel and I run a practice management company called Momentum Management, and we are very, everything has been going with dental evolution. We want to thank you for joining us on this journey. It's been a lot of work, but it's also been a lot of fun and very rewarding. And if you are a practice owner, we would like to offer you a complimentary session where we can guess of what's going on in your practice by looking at your numbers. And then we can tell you what systems are working and what systems are not quite working. Emmanuel, would you like to say something there, please? We, as a dental ed, has been in the education industry for about 18 years. And we're a software developing, com software developing company. We de develop software and technology that enables us to do that. But we've also worked together with Tony and Momentum where we've developed a system which is a very ingenious system. It actually enables to lock into your, your practice management software and retrieve the numbers in a certain way, all your analytics in a certain way or your numbers in such a way that we're able to tell many things about your practice in terms of where your performance is with the practice, whether your practice is not up to industry standard in a way or whether you're underperforming. Over, everyone could be overperforming, but we very rarely be that underperforming and more importantly the system tells us where that problem lies within the practice so it's a very ingenious system some of our clients at the moment on on the session use it and it has a lot of mechanics to it but more importantly is the analytics how it actually displays everything including the number of new patients over time and how the treatment is going whether it's going up and down production whether it's going up and down and really clock in the practice if it's too fast and more why the reasons that you're not getting high production and where you where the system failures are in the practice and that does it very well. So if you're really interested in getting that analysis to be done on your practice, there is a bit of a process involved, correct, Tony? Uh, we have to, there's a little process. We have to install the software on your server. We have to read the information. And then we have to make a consultation and go through the analytics with you just to explain what we're seeing. So we're not charging. It's worth your while. I think you get a lot of information you probably didn't know about your practice. 
And please email us only if you're really certain that you want to do it as our IT guys to start the process and then we'll make an appointment after we get the results and go through it with you. Yeah. And look, Danny, thank you so much for saying, Danny's written us a comment here. And then your fantastic system and the information you receive is amazing. Oh, we, Danny, thank you so much for your support there. Beautiful. Danny, we're sending you $200 later. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> fantastic. So guys, what I got from the cases that you sent me was that a lot of you didn't go deep enough with your patients in your pre-clinical interviews or, or your clinicians. So you didn't go deep enough and you didn't get enough information from the patient. So what I want to teach you is I want to teach you that you actually need to be really switched on from the very beginning. Don't just wait until it's time to present the treatment injections. That's that you're not going to get case acceptance that way. You actually need to be strategic about how you're going to get this information out of the patient. You need to be ahead of the patient before they even say things so that you can ask the right questions, get the right information that you can then use later on when you're presenting to the patient. Now, I did talk last week about handling a just put up on, on that slide, and I know, guys, that you can't see the slides very well tonight, so please make sure that you are listening to them. Then you also need to do something called active listening. I can't stress enough how important active listening is. Active listening to be able to help us clarify what the patient has said. Then after we've active listened, if they have got that objection, we need to then use an objection handling technique like we spoke about last week. Alrighty. So let's have a look. Let's focus. This is case study number one. And it was sent to us by a lovely dentist who will remain unnamed so that I want you all to feel comfortable to be able to send me your cases so that we can talk about them without any pressure of feeling uncomfortable. So Let's have a look at this patient. Give me some feedback. What do you think about this patient's aesthetics, the bite? What are you thinking about here? What do you think this patient might need? Excellent. Much better now. Any ideas? Let's show the bite wings, please, Emmanuel. Next slide. Perfect. Okay, here we can see the bite wings and obviously we can see some interproximal lesions. One six, one five. Four, six, mesial, a little bit fuzzy, so it's a bit hard for me to see, but I also think probably two, six, distal, depending on your diagnostic criteria, but I would be looking at those closely to see if they need some restorations. Now let's have a look at the upper and lower images. Next, please, yeah. Emmanuel. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Okay, Jenna's saying orthodontics. Okay, yeah. All right, let's have a look here. It looks like we've got some fairly large restorations. We've had some quite a bit of composite work done. So you can see that there's a little bit going on here. Obviously, it's a little bit tricky to see from these pictures, but we've got a, a bit of an idea. Let's now have a look at the dentist's clinical notes because they sent them to me at the same time. So let's have a look. So in the clinical notes, the dentist said to me that they did a preclinical exam with this patient. And in the preclinical examination, the patient said, I'm not interested in anything that might prevent something that may or may not happen down the track. If it looks like it'll fall out tomorrow, then I'll do it. And I think, guys, we hear this quite a bit. So that's why I picked this case. I think this is a good case. All right. Then the dentist who sent this in originally treatment planned crowds to protect what appeared to be some really big inlays in teeth that had no cuspal protection. So these notes in black are the dentists that sent this case to me. They are their notes. So they were looking at probably going to crown 1746 and possibly 36. They also noticed that there appeared to be wear facets, massive is the word, massive wear facets indicative of bruxism. So I'm sure that most of you would have picked that up as well. And then the dentist has remembered saying to the patient, so your main concern would be the cost of treatment, question mark. 
And the patient snap saying, yeah, isn't everyone's. And then the dentist has written and I ended up just treatment planning for the decay. Now, guys, I know that this is very typical of what happens in your practices, that patients can be a little bit direct, can look really close, can be a little bit narky, and that then you just do the minimum. Okay, so I'm not picking on this dentist. I love the fact that this dentist realizes that they could have done better and that they're asking for help. Now, last comment there is the patient said she'd probably be coming back to see us for treatment, but she told us she'd be headed back to New South Wales for a few weeks for work and wanted to check with her previous dentist first. Now, for people who are interstate, new from other countries, New South Wales is another state. So we're in the state of Victoria. New South Wales is another state. So it's like another province, another region of Australia. So it's quite far from us. Yep. Does anyone have any questions about these clinical notes at the moment? So I'm seeing people are saying, Cal saying they need ortho and whitening and crowns. Yep. Cal, awesome. Very high C. Very <laughs> high C. T- We've got erosion. Yep. So you're all seeing that this patient probably has more needs than just treating the decay. But we all agree that the decay is certainly an issue too. So let's now have a look at the next slide, please, Emmanuel. What I want to set you up for is I want to set you up for thinking. We've now got all of this information and I didn't add anything to that information in those clinical notes, but I've now got all the information that I need to actually help this patient say yes to the comprehensive care. And I want to show you how to do that. And this is the consultation preparation form. This is what I showed you last week. And I'm going to show you that I'm going to write a benefit and a procedure statement for the patient using what the patient wants with what the patient actually needs. And then I'm also going to know what the potential objections are for this patient. And I'm going to be ready to answer those objections before the patient either even has them. All right. So just to explain to you what I've done. This is now the consultation preparation and I've recopied the black writing is what the dentist sent me and the green writing are my thoughts and what goes through my head when I see these notes. And I'm going to suggest different ways that you could talk to the patient, different questions that this dentist could have asked this patient to set them up for saying yes to the comprehensive treatment because I believe they did as the best that they could in getting this treatment across the line. But I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to suggest some ways of getting better case acceptance here. Okay, let's have a look at this. So from all of those notes that the dentist gave me, I've worked out what the motivators, the concerns and the disc style are. All right, so the motivator that brought the patient into the practice first up, I think we might have missed a slide. Earlier on? Yeah, can you go back? Sure. This one, this one. There. Yeah. Where Mr. Slide, Emmanuel? That's Sorry. you. Okay. Sorry, everybody. So this is the first slide that the dentist I sent me. You do. Yeah. The motivators for this patient were that they have a broken tooth and that they told the dentist that they wanted to keep a healthy mouth and not waste money, that they were happy with the aesthetics, but maintenance is her key at the moment. The dentist feels that the patient's concerns are cost and trust and that the patient is a disc type DI. And the patient has been seeing a dentist interstate for many years and has moved to Melbourne. And they came to visit this dentist because they broke tooth 27 as an emergency and tooth 7 was restored with a bonded crown. Mm. It's a pretty typical sort of scenario of what happens in a dental practice. So this patient's essentially panicking a little bit. Possibly. Broken tooth yeah. goes to see a dentist emergency. So she, it's a she or he, we don't know. I think it's a she patient for some reason. I don't know why I think so, that, but I do. So um, they don't. No, know. her. Yeah, her. her. So they he. don't have a relationship with this dentist no. that they're meeting. First time that they've seen this patient, they've already, they've repaired a broken tooth, but now the dentist is doing a comprehensive examination and sees that there's a hell of a lot more work actually really needs to be done. But the thing is that this patient has been seeing another dentist interstate for many years. 27 years, I think. That's restored to seven bonded crowns. Many years, exactly. So this is going to be an issue trying to establish a relationship so quick in a way to create that trust. 
so that the patient feels confident that what this dentist is saying is giving the right advice. Totally. Yes, this is a challenge. Totally. But there's some really key information here that I think that we didn't jump on and utilize. So let's get to it and okay. let's have a look. Okay. So now we've got all of the clinical notes. notes yep. <laughs> yes, Jenna, I'm drinking wine and you're on the treadmill. Oh my God. Do not distract her. <laughs> We're trying to get this nice message across. Please do not distract her. I'm a social butterfly. I've got to talk. Hi, Jenna. Okay. All right. Keep going ahead, please. Okay. So now the black writing is the notes from the dentist and the green it are my thoughts and where my head goes so that I can help you with this consultation process. So the dentist has told me the motivator for the patient is a broken tooth. And I believe, and I've written this down in green, so that, and you will get these notes, okay? I believe that she cared enough about this tooth to come in and get it fixed. So for me, that shows me that she does actually care about her teeth. True. So later on, when she suggests a manual that she only wants whatever's gonna fall out tomorrow, mm. I actually don't believe that statement. Okay. I think that there's something behind that statement. And I think that we should have dug at that time to find out what was going on. So in black next, the patient wants to keep, wants to keep a healthy mouth and not waste money. Great. Healthy mouth is really important, but it's really not a strong motivator. You ask anyone, Emmanuel, do you want to have a healthy mouth? Yeah. Yeah. Do you really mean that? Yeah. Okay. But there's no real... Emotions tied to that. What does healthy mouth mean? It doesn't mean that much. It doesn't conjure anything. So really, when a patient says, I want a healthy mouth, we should be saying, so what's that mean to you, Emmanuel? What what is a healthy mouth? Good teeth so that uh, my teeth are okay and they don't fall out or I don't have bad breath. Okay, okay. And Emmanuel, tell me, is it something? We're going to get close. Uh, I'll put a tie on it for everyone tonight. Okay. Okay. Emmanuel, what do you have? Did your parents have healthy mouths? Yes, they did. Okay. Yeah. No, my mother didn't. And my father was okay. Yeah. Okay. Did your grandparents or anything have any dentures or anything they like that? They had dentures. Okay. Yeah. And Plastic teeth? Yeah. I don't, I don't okay. like dentures. Okay. Why wouldn't you like dentures? I just, I, they were young when they had their teeth pulled out and I just don't want to do that. I want to keep my teeth and it's very important to me. Okay. So if you had to lose some teeth and get a denture, you wouldn't be very happy no, then? No, no. Okay, so guys, I'm just trying to show you here that for a patient to say that they want a healthy mouth is not enough. Now I've found out that Emmanuel doesn't want to have plastic teeth, okay? And that's really important to him. So now we're getting more important words that we can use later on in our case presentation. Let's keep going down here and have a look at the next, don't change it yet, next black writing. It says that the patient was happy with aesthetics, but my thoughts here are that maintenance is not usually a patient's words. Okay. So I believe they were, the dentist had said they were only interested in maintenance. I actually think that's coming from the dentist, not from the patient. Would you say you're only interested in maintenance as a patient? A patient wouldn't typically use the word maintenance. Yeah. I don't think. So I think that we need to watch what we're writing and the words that we're putting down, because this is something that we're actually putting words in the patient's mouth. This is not a word that a dentist would usually leave use. So I believe that this is probably the dentist's interpretation. And we have to be very careful not to put our own interpretations into the words and the emotions that the patients are giving us. Next slide, please. All right. Now we are preparing for the consultation here. And that's what all this green writing is about. So this patient was a DI. So let's have a look at this. We know that if this patient is a DI, that they want the best results. So they are somebody who also doesn't want to waste time if they're a D. And even though she said aesthetics was not good, if she's an I, promise you there's some aesthetic concerns there as well. Don't you think, Amanda? Correct. Yeah. Absolutely. So we've either got the disc wrong or we're just listening to the words of the patient's saying and not looking at the behaviours of the patients. Because what comes out of here does not necessarily match what's going on here. Does it? No, totally. Okay. So with a patient like this, where we know that they are an I, I would suggest that you tell them some stories about other patients that have been in a similar sort of situation and tell them about a patient maybe who has ended up paying 
much more money because they didn't end up going with the best treatment at the time. Eyes like to hear these types of stories. Ds want to do the best treatment at the time. And so if we start having these conversations with these patients, then we're going to be able to get the treatment plan across the board much, much easier. Okay, next slide, please, Emmanuel. Now, next, and this is key. So this is information that we get probably the first minute or two that the patient sits in the chair. So let's read the black again. Has been seeing the dentist interstate for many years. They've just moved to Melbourne. They broke two seven and came in as an emergency. And they restored, the dentist restored 2-7 with a bonded crown. Now, that statement that they've been seeing a dentist for many years immediately alerts me to, to the possibility that they are not going to trust me. And they're not going to trust my suggestions if they're anything different to what their previous dentist has said. So we Tough. actually have to start working with the patient at this very stage. We don't wait until the end when we diagnose the treatment and we present it. And then we turn around and say, oh, but we do things very thoroughly here or we're different to your last dentist and we've got all the greatest equipment. What you're doing there is you're just trying to justify and push the patient and you actually push them out the door. Don't you think, Amanda? Absolutely. So I would say something like this, and I've written it all down here for you so you will get these notes. So we are very proud at how thorough we are at Momentum Dental. And we focus on our treatment plans on providing the most comprehensive options to our patients. Now, Emmanuel, I understand that you've been seeing a dentist for many years interstate, and I'm sure you really trust that dentist. But I am going to ask you, Emmanuel, how do you feel if maybe I suggest some different types of treatments that you haven't heard from your previous dentist? And if I start talking about strengthening and protecting your teeth so that you can hold on to them for life, like you told me, is really important. How can you feel about that? I'm interested in hearing about it. Yes. Can you, I, what are you recommending? Oh, look, I'd really like to be able to be very comprehensive and help you and give you the best options. But some patients sometimes think, oh, they don't really understand what's going on or just not understanding the different styles of dentistry that every dentist has. So I just wanted to explain that to you before I ever look in your mouth. Okay. So that okay? Yes. Fantastic. All right, guys, how are we feeling about this? Just oh, sorry. And um, just so that we're not, we haven't rehearsed this. So we're actually just on the fly doing this. So please be aware that we're not, we have not rehearsed this at all. And so we are doing it on the fly. Definitely. Okay. How did you feel about that? I felt you made a connection. I think that was very important. I noticed two things tonight. I'm noticing how you're doing things and how people are responding. So as soon as you put up that slide of the clinical case, the case study one, everyone out there was starting to make the diagnosis. They need ortho, they need composites, they need crowns. And what you were, made, you were I was feeling preparing was the, the psychological, the emotional aspect of how you're going to approach me as a patient. Definitely. So there's a total difference here. And I think that I'm connecting to this more than I would with all that clinical diagnosis that you would have made with the dentist that I don't even know. And I wouldn't trust initially with all this diagnosis. I thought my dentist hasn't mentioned anything to me in the past. Why would I start this treatment? I am from interstate. I don't really want to do that. Excellent. Excellent. And I totally agree with you. And Dharma's written here that it's good to pre-frame our patient's mind for the change. Absolutely. I totally understand why this patient didn't want to do any more than what, what was absolutely necessary because they were testing this dentist out. They didn't trust them. They trust their dentist that they saw for many years. So how do we compete with that? The only way that we can compete with that is by being open and honest and telling them that we're probably going to have a different opinion to what their last dentist had. Don't you think? Totally agree. And then it does look like we're trying to hide something. Now, the thing is here, and this is why I chose this case, is that exactly what happened to this dentist is what happens to a lot of you, is that you get a little bit of resistance from the patient and you don't push it and you just handle the disease process in the mouth, which is the caries. You actually don't look at strengthening and protecting teeth, which is really, if you're a comprehensive dentist, that's what you should be doing. Absolutely. I, I believe there's two types of dentistry. I might have said this before. There are two types of dentistry. There's the dentistry where patients are in pain. 
the physical pain and all they care is you to get them out of that pain. So they'll go ahead with that treatment just to get them out of themselves out of that pain. But then there's a type of patient that comes in, which is the cosmetic patient. And they're not in physical pain, but emotional pain. You must refrain from looking at their teeth straight away and making a diagnosis and going to the treatment. You must understand their emotional pain before you can mm. even start to proceed in connecting with the patient in terms of their teeth. Totally agree with you. And the second case, we'll definitely see that. So let's keep moving on because we do, I do want to get to the second case too. All right. So we're still in the consultation preparation. Now in the preclinical exam, the dentist has told me that they said this, I'm not interested in anything that might prevent something that may or may not happen down the track. If it looks like it'll fall out tomorrow, right. then I'll do it. Yeah. Ooh, that's really D. Isn't that's it? a real day. That's a real day. It sounds like a bit like me. And okay. that's okay. And that's okay. Now, we should have active listened here. Now, but what we do naturally is we go, okay, you're being difficult. I'm not going to take this any further. My suggestion is to say something like this. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you're not interested in keeping your teeth in the best condition possible. Awesome. Now, I know that's quite confronting. But you know what? You need to match this person in their directness. And this is what you need to do when you are speaking to someone who's direct. So Just say how direct I need to be with him. So say it to me. Okay. So what do you want me to say to you? Yeah. All right. So please, Emmanuel, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you're not interested in keeping your teeth in the best condition. And this confuses me because before you told me you wanted to keep your teeth alive. I do. I'm sorry that I gave you that impression. I do find it's very important to look at the condition of my I'm just, I just, I just am impressed with time. Oh, oh, isn't that interesting? Now we're finding out a different reason for why this patient could be giving us some resistance. Oh, I just am concerned it's going to cost a lot of money. Yeah, fantastic. So do you see, we're getting the real reasons now. So I believe that if you active listen, it's then going to open the door to what's really going on with that patient. That's what I truly believe. Now, I also, as I said earlier, is that the statement that the patient's made here that's on the top of this slide, it just doesn't match what they told me earlier on with the fact that they want to keep their teeth for life. And so I would use that tree and the branches to explore this. And so now I'm hoping that you can see that there was a number of areas that we just didn't go all the way to the end of the tree branches with this patient. And that's why we didn't get this consultation across the line. Okay. okay. Next. Next one. All right. So just going through a few of the statements that the patient has made, that the dentist has made here. So the dentist originally treatment plant crowns to protect a couple of teeth and they saw that there was wear facets indicative of bruxism. Now that was a bit hard to see on those photos. I really like to take study models of bruxists so that I can actually show them how their teeth are grinding together and how they're wearing down their teeth. Or even if it's erosion, I like to take study models. I don't think we take enough study models. We need to hand those study models to the patients and we need to let them feel how their teeth go together. We need to let them see the wear that's happening because often they just don't get it. We get it when we look at photos and x-rays because we look at photos and x-rays all day. But please use these simple tools that you have that you're probably just not getting out. Would you like to get some study models and see it and then we'd be able to show you what's going on? I think the best way to get through to a patient who doesn't understand or I don't understand very much what's happening inside my mouth is to bring it out and let me see it either with photography or with a study model. Yeah, I think absolutely. that is the most powerful visual is the most powerful way of reaching patients. Totally agree with them. All right. The dentist then also remembers saying, so your main concern would be the cost of treatment. So I think that the dentist here has really tried to active listen. Mm. There's some elements of active listening there, but what they didn't do, and this is what dentists don't do. And I'm a dentist and I can see this, okay? Is they don't get the bloody emotions out of the patient. And so in active listening, there's a formula. It is the lead in, so it sounds or so your in this case. Really what we need to then put in is an emotion. So if you can see on the slide there, I've said, so it sounds like you're worried about paying for your dental treatment. 
So this actually makes it much, much harder for the patient to snap back at you. If you are not active listening, if you're active listening, but not putting an emotion in, that's when they snap. Okay. So that's why we got the snap. And then the snap was, I think there was some conversation about money here and the patient snapped and says, yeah, isn't it everyone's concern? And the dentist has written, and I just ended up planning for the decay. Oh, I feel so deflated for this poor dentist because they've tried really hard. So I would use an objection handling technique here and I've written it down there what I would have said. So I would have said something like, oh, Emmanuel, I understand how you feel. And yes, money is a concern for a lot of people these days. But what we find is that we can always come up with a way to help fit this treatment into your budget. Now, if that was the way for you and we were able to fit the treatment into the budget, would you be happy going ahead with this treatment that I'm suggesting? Yeah, I would consider it. Absolutely. Fantastic. And I'm answering honestly to emotionally to the way Tony's reaching me. So I am a deep person. I would probably respond in a similar sort of way if I wasn't being hit correctly emotionally throughout this whole consultation. Remember these patients are sitting in that chair. They're not comfortable. They don't really want to be there. They are anxious and they start throwing. They're very defensive in their manner. So your job in a way, it's like psychology. You need to start opening up these people. And so you have to connect with them. And so Tony is hitting me with the right emotional keys all along the way. Then I don't need to feel like I need to be mean to her. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't think that's true. He's got to be mean to me. You know, I'm I mean, you feel it as well as this. Do you feel you could emotionally respond to what she's saying? Absolutely. I'm sure you are. And I do too. So guys, I want some comments here. How are you feeling about this? Is this giving you some ideas of how you could improve your case presentations. Like what I've done here is I've just broken up all of the clinical notes and I've just written down how I'm going to deal with this or how I could potentially have dealt with it better so that I know for the next time this comes up when I'm in clinic. So please give me some feedback. If you love it, give me some loving, please. I need loving. I always need love. So please let me know how you're feeling. We're going to move on to the next one in a moment. I believe that this is what changed my my presentation to patients when I became prepared and I was sitting down and taking the time to be prepared like this, then I started getting quadrant dentistry across the line. Then when I got confident with my quadrant dentistry and I did a few more clinical courses and then I became a really confident to do full mouth rehabs and things like that. Okay. So this is where this leads. If you want to stay being a dentist who just feels decay, then doing what you're doing is probably fine. It's enough to get you through for the immediate things. If you want to do things like strengthen and protect teeth, you want to help people rebuild their occlusions, then we need to develop our communication skills so that we can do that. I think also I want to throw in, Tony, if you don't mind me saying that a way to be able to do this successfully is that you've got to slow your appointments down. Now, if you've got a 15 minute block and you're trying to do cleans and, and repairs and, and also bring in this conversation, I don't think it's going to be possible. Yeah. You really need to spend time with the patient. You really need to be able to stretch out those consultations and slow down your appointments. And by slowing down your appointments, in some cases, you can have better production. So I just wanted to throw that out. Totally to agree. Totally agree. I'm getting some, okay, getting some good comments here getting lots of ideas of how to connect to patients. Oh, Sonia, I love you too. Thank you. I'm getting lots of it. Love ya. Love. Oh, see? Oh, I need you. You're such a high such an I need it. Focus. Focus. I'm a high D. Fantastic. Excellent. I'm glad that you're enjoying it. All right. So the next thing is that I believe that if it gets to the point where the patient is saying to you, I'm going to go and check with my previous dentist and find out if I need all of this treatment. Don't take that personally. Actually make that, make it easy for the patient. And what I've written there in green is package up their study models, give them their x-rays, give them a charting, give them a treatment plan, make them very comfortable to go back to their dentist and say, sure, we understand you need to check. That's not a problem whatsoever. And we're here if you decide to have the treatment done. I think when a patient says something like this, we often get personally offended. We go, you're a bloody bitch. And you can just go there. 
Okay. No, you don't say that. We think no, we're thinking many... that. We're thinking that. That's what that. I start thinking. Oh. always think so. Yes, we logically... No, no, we do. We do. do. Yeah, we take this personally. Okay. This is not good. Okay. okay. So I think that we actually need to leave the doors wide open for the patient to come back and feel comfortable to come back and have that treatment with us. And this actually, this last little bit really helps get them to come back. Because if you go, oh, yeah, if you have to, no problem, and you don't give them anything... You know what? They actually think that you have been trying to hide something and they're going to go back to their dentist that they trust. Fair enough. So cool. All righty. That is case number one done. Excellent. Oh, I like this case too. Have a look at this one. This is case number two. And the patient's name is RP from what I got from the clinical notes. Let's have a look. What do we think's going on here? Now you can choose to tell me what you think clinically is going on. Well, you could choose to tell me what you think emotionally is going on. And while you're telling me what's going on, I want to remind you why we talk emotions. Okay. To me, what I can see emotionally is that this patient isn't there for pain. It could be. Physical pain. I don't think it's physical pain. That's what I'm assuming. We're looking at the incisors here. So it's a direct visual issue here. He's not happy about what his teeth look like. Possibly. So this is starting to tell me already without even knowing too much about this case, it's an emotional pain situation here rather than the physical. Absolutely. So my mindset already is starting to switch and understand, learn more psychologically what I'm dealing with rather than the teeth. Keeping in mind that I have to understand what's going on with the mouth as well. So that's where I'm going. Okay, yeah. guys, would anyone like to put their feedback also what they see clinically? Okay, I'm getting aesthetics. I'm getting treatment planning is veneers. Guys, I want you to start thinking emotionally. Go back to a few sessions ago when I taught you that patients make decisions 90% based on emotions. Now, it's not just patients. We all make decisions every day 90% based on emotion. That's why I dig for emotions in my consultations. That's the whole reason why I dig for emotions. I want to know how the patient feel so that I can appeal to their emotions. Okay. All right. I'm getting the excellent. So some people are thinking inside the square here now. We've got, we think the patient might be anxious and that they've only ever had patchwork dentistry done. Great. Great. Yeah, that's good thoughts. Good. I've got somebody saying self-confidence is possibly the issue. I've got quite a few people giving me the clinical still manual. Okay. There's, and that's okay. Teeth are still functional. I don't think this premium, but I think he's come here because he's really not happy the way they look. I really yeah. do believe that's the drive. So this is a big step for someone who's not happy, but the way they look and they want to do something about it. Let's so, have a look at some of the other pictures. So here we've got the maxillary teeth. So it looks like some great big composite buildups there. It looks like we've got some rotated, smaller sized laterals. I don't have any bite wings, but I'm seeing shadows on those premolars that possibly it could be a bit of decay, but I don't have the bite wings. We're seeing a bit of wear on the, the canines. All right, let's look at the next. So this next one is actually after the treatment that the dentist did. So the dentist, and I'm going to go through the clinical notes in a moment, the dentist was not able to get the patient to say yes to the comprehensive care that they wanted them to say yes to. And that's why they've asked me to have a look at this. So they, what they got across the line with the patient was just to crown the upper two centrals. Now, I think they've done a pretty good job with those crowns. Why could they look all right? I would be pleased with them if they were mine. Is there any so You can see quite nice contours, colouring and everything. It's, it's matched in fit. What a shame that we haven't been able to design the smile. And I know that the dentist oh. has written to me that now that this dentist has done DSD and smile design, that they would have presented it differently. This was a case that was going back a couple of years ago, but she wanted some ideas on how she could have potentially worked this patient up to get them to have the comprehensive treatment. So let's keep going, please, Emmanuel. And this is the patient's smile. Now, mm -hmm. I know I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed for the patient. And I think the dentist who sent this to me is disappointed I'm, as well. I'm certain that this, the dentist is disappointed because she could have seen the potential, but maybe she would have been with some resistance with this patient and I think she, she, she was. Yeah, I think she was. And I think that what we do is we get resistance and then we go, oh, I don't right. want to push this patient. Too and much. that's just a natural reaction, isn't it? Mm. But 
I want you to ask yourself, is this patient really going to be happy in the long run with this? It's also a bit more than that. Are you giving this patient everything that he doesn't know he's missed out on? Maybe. He doesn't know, does he? he doesn't, he's not a dentist. He's not, he doesn't quite get it. He now, probably thinks this is a marked improvement over what I've had so far. And that's where I probably want to stop. Maybe, but we don't know. So let's explore this a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Steve's making a good suggestion here. Do some composite resin mock-ups. Absolutely, Steve. That's where I would have gone as yeah. well. Totally. And yeah. the dentist that has provided me with this information may have done that. I'm not quite sure. I don't have that information. Very powerful. Yeah. Anyway, Steve, global um, mock-ups. It's very Totally. And actually, we've got somebody coming out to present some course on that. Yeah, yeah, but he got... doesn't do fireball mock-ups, but he's Pascal Manier. If you really want to know as someone who talks about aesthetic dentistry in its highest level, you can't get better than Pascal the Manier. The king, the king. August the 9th, 10th and 11th. Yeah, Sydney. let us know if you're interested. Yeah, okay? we'll look after you. Yeah, absolutely. If you're a Dental Evolution member, we'll look after you for sure. All right. Yes, Steve, I agree. Beautiful central crowns. I think the thing the dentist has done really well and tried really hard here. Let's keep moving. All right. So here's the clinical notes. Emmanuel, could you ring, read them out for me, please? This RP, he is 45 male. Um, main concern is that he wants to be able to smile confidently. There's the key. He wants to be able to smell, uh, smile, not smile, confidently. He feels that the discolored anterior teeth are holding back his smile. His concerns are pain and money. I wonder what kind of pain we're talking about here. Ooh. His concerns are pain and money. Money is one issue that he's throwing up there in pain. I don't know. His medical history, hypercholesterolemia. Yeah. High cholesterol. Okay. Controlled with, with statin. statin. Nail drug allergies, nail prevention proof. operation. Yeah. Okay. History of presenting conditions, trauma to face in his 20s. So that's how his damage someone was. Someone said that, mentioned that they probably thought that was yeah. what had happened. So, so this yeah. guy's had some sort of look like this all the way from Since his 20s. 20s. Poor the guy. The teeth have had root canal treatment as asymptomatic for as long as he could remember. I did not have any periodicals. But there were no lesions. Yeah. Why didn't we have periodical? Oh, didn't, she just didn't have periodical x-rays. Okay. That's all. All right. Okay. Well, why didn't we take? I don't know. Okay. They all had endodontics with no posts. No posts. Okay. Next slide, please. So you're getting a picture of what's going on here clinically for the patient. So now what I've done is I've broken down that first slide. I've gone in deeper here with what I feel would have been really powerful when the patient said that they wanted to be able to smile confidently. Now, this is the patient's motivator. And we actually need to now start digging and get more emotions with this. So I'm going to give you some ideas of how to do this. So whenever we get this motivator of they want to smile more conf confidently or they want to look better in photos, dig to get the emotions. You're going to thank them first for being so open and honest and telling you this information because that's not easy for a patient to come out and say that. Emmanuel, how would you feel? Would you be able to turn around if you had only just met me and say, I just don't feel confident? No, it's a hard thing to, especially in certain profiles, it's a very hard thing to admit that you're not confident. So you're really divulging emotionally what's wrong here. So that's a big step for a lot of patients. Totally. So what I'm going to suggest is that you thank the patient for sharing that information with you. And then you say, please, Manuel, can I please ask you what's stopping you from being confident with your smile? Here's a mirror. Can you point to me what you actually don't like about your smile? I don't like the shape of my teeth. And I don't like, I don't like the smile around here and the color over here, that one there. Which teeth bother you the most? The two at the front and the one on the side, the colour. The one on the side yeah, as well. Yeah. So what? how would you feel if you think they were all nice, regular colour, all the same colour? How would that make you feel? I think they would look good. Open. Will it be too expensive to... I'm not quite sure just at the moment yet, Emmanuel. I'm just trying to find out what you might like and then we can certainly talk about the prices. Because there's lots of different options. Okay. And what about this tooth over here? How do you feel about that tooth and the way that it's twisted a little bit? Does that concern you when you smile? Well, not as much as these two. The, okay. Oh, these three. The, these two in front ones, the two big teeth, and this one here on the side, the, the coloured one. With the okay. That one bothers me, the coloured one too. 
So, Emmanuel, are you looking for a perfect smile? No, I'm looking for an improved smile. Okay. So, do you know someone who has a smile that you'd want? Yeah, I do. I have a couple of friends of mine that have got a nice smile. Have you got any pictures or anything so I can get an idea of what Um, you might be interested in? Don't have one with you. Okay, but that might be something that you can look for and maybe we can bring in next time, okay? Yeah. So... I'm exploring this more with Emmanuel and I'm trying to find out exactly what he doesn't like with his smile. Okay. So this is something that we really need to try and work out. So you'll see that I've written down in the slide here that we want to ask him exactly what makes him feel non-confident with his smile. We're going to ask him about the shape of the teeth, the color, the positions, the size of the teeth. We're going to ask him if he knows what he wants his smile to look like. And then we're going to ask him, when does it bother you, Emmanuel? When does it, when do you feel that lack of confidence? Is it when you're at work? It's when I go out and have a drink and meet some girls and smile at people and whatever. And I'm meeting people for the first time and they, I know they're looking at my teeth. You feel, yeah. how does that make you feel? I, I know they're looking at my teeth and it doesn't make me feel good. Okay, yeah. okay. So it's been bothering me for a while. I've had this problem since I was 20 and I just want to do something about it now. So it sounds like you're fed up with it. Yeah, I've had lots of treatment on it. It just doesn't look right and I just want to fix it. Sure. Can I ask, how do you think you feel with a beautiful smile? What do you think? How do you think that would change your life? I think that would make me more confident. Yeah. And what would that do for you? Uh, be confident, be happy. The it, men you meet more girls? Probably, yeah, man. Okay, cool. Yeah. Excellent. I so, my wife will have a problem. <laughs> Let's explore that and find out what we can do to help you out. Okay. Please make sure that we're finding out the emotions involved in his lack of confidence. And this is going to help us later on when we present the treatment to him. Okay, next slide, please. Thanks. Don't encourage him, Steve. Don't encourage him. Or so the clinical notes that the dentist has provided me with is that they have found that there are peg lanterals, that they have a medium smile line, the midline is correct, retroclined posteriors. Upper and lower, class two, div two, smile, TMJs are fine, nil complaints, re-snoring, all other restorations are sound. Next slide, please. So that was all fairly normal. Here was her treatment objective. So what she wanted to do was she wanted to correct the color difference. She wanted to correct the incisor proportion and symmetry and correct the occlusion. And her ideal treatment plan was this. Orthodontics to create spaces for the upper peg laterals and collects the, it corrects the occlusion. Non-vinyl bleaching of 121121. Gingivectomy 1222. Crowns, as you can see, upper four incisors. Estimated duration of treatment, 18 months. Next slide, please. The patient did not want to do this. Here are their objections. They don't want to do ortho due to time and money. Does not want to treat one two as it is not that badly discolored. I'll tell you what, the end result doesn't look good, does it? I think it's badly discolored. Yeah. In the end, the patient only chose to go with non-vital bleaching, then crowns on the one one and the two one, which means that the peg laterals did not get any attention. I don't know his disc type, so that's a little bit difficult for me to start talking to him about his disc type. And so really the patient chose minimal treatment option. Okay, let's go and let's see what we could have done. So this is interesting. These are just some notes that the dentist sent me and they sent me this presentation, sorry, this case after they watched last week's presentation. And they said, on hindsight, after watching the last webinar, she didn't think that she handled his objection well. And that she didn't describe the value of correcting his occlusion properly. She didn't emphasize how proportion is also part of the aesthetics in a smile. She didn't handle the financial objection well. And that she now feels that she would do DSD and would get a better response here. I love that she's thinking this way. I love that she's learned so much from what we've been presenting. And that she has gone back and thought about what didn't work and how can I change it? I just thank you so much for sharing this and being so brave and giving this to us so that so many people can learn. Don't you think, Emmanuel? Absolutely. All right. Next slide, please. Guys, I know it's nine o'clock. I'm going to keep you five more minutes. My apologies. Got carried away tonight. Five more minutes. Okay. So the patient's motivator was aesthetics and confidence. And as we showed earlier, 
when you get aesthetics and confidence, you must ask those deeper questions. Like you heard me asking Emmanuel, so how does that make you feel? How would you feel if you had that beautiful smile? We want to picture him, him to picture himself with that beautiful smile and seeing his life and how it can be different with that beautiful smile. So these things all need to have been said before we present the treatment to the patient. Then his concerns were time and money. And obviously we need to present the treatment with his concerns in mind, but I would have inoculated him in his preclinical interview. And inoculated means that we... An inoculation is like a vaccination, which means I give you a little bit of the virus so that when the virus hits you hard, like the flu vaccination, you don't get flu as bad. So it's the same thing. I can see that your teeth are looking pretty crappy, right? Yeah. I know that you're potentially... Really not. We ripped Potentially, you're going to have those... You're going to have those objections of finances and you're not going to want all those. I know this already mm. before I even get in and really present the treatment to you. So I'm going to inoculate Emmanuel by saying something like quick and cheap is not always the best option mm. for your dental treatment and ask them if they're looking to save money or if they're looking for a good long-term plan to give them that confidence. Mm. So that's even before you present the case to them. You're going to inoculate them and let them know that quick and cheap is not necessarily the best way to go. Which a lot of people will start thinking of the ones about cops when it, for some reason, patients automatically make this assumption that dentistry is expensive and they start throwing up the objections and money. So they've already fearful of how much everything's going to cost. It's like a car getting your teeth repaired, especially in Australia. I don't know why. But yeah, that's how many patients feel. So they're already putting up that wall before you even start. So you've got to break that wall down. You really have to find that. That is such an important agenda. And if it isn't, well, if it is, you've got to really paint the picture of what importance is to them and create that value in that patient with their treatment and their teeth and making them connect with visually what they're going to get at the end of the treatment. Totally agree. And look, you'll see on the slide that I've written then, there as well, ask them if they're looking to save money in the long term with a good plan. Now, at the moment, we've now got these two incisors that have been crowned, but later on, now it's possibly going to cost this patient even more money if they do end up then having ortho later on, having crowns, and then they're probably going to have to redo those anterior crowns as well to get the perfect look. Like... Uh, it's possibly going to cost them more money in the long run. So we need to explain that. They don't understand sometimes the consequences of the decisions that they make. I don't think we educate them well enough. We do educate them, but we educate them, we technically educate them and they and we bamboozle them and they just say, no, give me the cheapest option. I think that's correct. We technically educate them. And I think that emotionally that doesn't mean much to patients it really doesn't they don't connect to that technical clinical examination or that clinical pr process of communicating with them they don't connect emotionally i think yeah. that's a big issue yeah the next thing that i've got up here is in so i prepared for this consultation and i've actually written out this statement before i go in and i talk to the patient and i've got a benefit and procedure statement here so Oh, bear with me as I go through this. This is, there's quite a few words here, but there's a lot that I wanted to say. So please bear with me here. So I'm going to say, Emmanuel, thank you so much for sharing all of your thoughts about your smile with me. And I know it's not easy to dig deep and to talk about those emotions, but it's really important for me to understand where you're coming from so that I can give you the best treatment options. Okay. So that we can change this awkward feeling for you and give you confidence for years to come. I'm going to suggest that we look at the most comprehensive plan for you. Now, not only will that help you make your smile look better, but it will help correct the relationship of your teeth biting together. Mm -hmm. And that is something that's going to then help you in the long term. If we don't fix this bite now, mm -hmm. we could have more expensive problems in the future. And that really does concern me. So if we don't go ahead with orthodontics before crowning your teeth, I'm also concerned that you're just not going to get that beautiful smile that you're looking for. It'll look better, Emmanuel, but it's not going to look like the smile that I think you deserve and that you need to help you feel more confident. Now, I know this scenario 
And I know this scenario very well with my wife. I had a similar scenario, and I'm going to give you the response, okay? I'm too old for orthodontics. I don't want to go through that process. So I'm hearing you think that orthodontics is only for young people. Yeah, I'm in my 50s. I don't want to go through braces at this age. Oh. Should we do something instead without braces? So it's the actual braces that you're considering, yeah, metal yeah, braces? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so there you go. He's, he, because he said he was too old for orthodontics, if I hadn't pushed him further and actively listened to him, I wouldn't have found out that it was actually braces. But now, obviously, we can give him Invisalign options or clear aligner options. So, yeah, excellent. Okay, let's keep moving because I do want to help you get out of here. All right, now you're going to objection handle. He gave me an objection and so we've handled that objection. Or if his objection was time, that he didn't want to be in braces for a long time or he didn't want it to take ages for this to get fixed, I've written you the answer here. I understand how you feel about spending the time doing orthodontics and other patients have felt the same way. I'm using the field found method. Okay. But what they had seen is that the final result of their beautiful, confident smile, they realize that it's better to do it right from the beginning without wasting time with the compromises and then the need for more expensive treatment later on. Okay. How are you feeling about that, Emmanuel? It's, it's good information to think about. Yes. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Is there anything else that I can give you information on? Is there... Something else that will help you make up your mind? I want to know also about other treatments that you can do perhaps that maybe don't involve orthodontics. Is this, is orthodontics the only way to treat this? It's the only way to correct the, what we call the malocclusion, the way that your teeth are binding together. And if we don't correct that, then that is potentially a problem that's going to get worse with time. But I don't feel any pain when I... And you know what, Emmanuel, that's the amazing thing is that you never feel any pain with anything like this. What could potentially happen though, is that because your teeth are not biting together properly, it can affect the way that you can eat and chew, it can affect your jaw joints later on. So there's a number of reasons why we would want to correct it. But the big reason for you is actually just to make some more space right. for these teeth. You've been born with teeth that are what we call peg, right. peg shaped teeth. They're small. That's not your fault. That's parents' fault. I think you should go and hit them for some money being a treatment. But that's how I would handle it, guys. I would joke about it. And it, it diffuses some of the awkwardness out of the situation Absolutely. as well. I think what's important here is that what Tony's done and what we're doing is that we've slowed this appointment right down, which a lot of you don't. And she's been able to really engage with me at a level emotionally rather than clinically. And that's what I'm responding to. I'm responding to this emotional connection with my dentist here. So that's opening me up and creating that trust and wanting to know more. I'm listening to what she's saying. I'm wanting to know more on what she's proposing here. So I haven't shut it all down, but if she was going down this clinical path and started talking about the treatments and the, how much it costs and what we need to do, I would start to shut down. Yeah. I agree. And I think that's what most patients do. So I think, okay, so this is, if there was a money concern, we would be using an objection handling technique and this is the inducement method. And I would be saying something like, so Emmanuel, if there were a way that we could help you get the best result for your smile and fit this into your budget, would you be happy to go ahead with the treatment? I think it's a question that you can't really say no to, isn't it? It's a great, it's a great question the way you throw it. I think in any situation, I just have to say, yes, of course. It's a locking question. Very good technique. It is an excellent technique. Yeah. So guys, that's it. We've done two clinical cases. I think it's pretty awesome. I've never seen a presentation like this before myself. I would love your feedback. Actually, I need your feedback. And if you want your CPD points, you need to give us some feedback now so that we know that you've been online this whole time. Okay. Give so, us likes and loves. Let us know that you really like the presentation. I really think it was great. And you need to make a comment so that we can see that you were there at the beginning and there at the end, not just on, okay. And that way then we will forward the slideshow with all of those verbal skills and also your CPD points to you as well. Well, let us know if this is something that you'd like more of. Send me in more cases if this is what you would like more of. Look, I did receive a lot of cases Absolutely. and I was really so thrilled with how so many people interacted 
but I, I want more. Send me more, okay? And Charlie, the man, throw us your hardest cases and we'll show you how we're going to handle And we can do more of this stuff, okay? And I hope that this is helpful for you because I know that it would have been helpful for me if I had learnt this type of stuff. If somebody had done this for me when I was learning all of this, it would have made so much more sense. So I'm just trying to help you the way that I would like to be helped. And Emmanuel gives a great non-dentist perspective on it as well. So thank you. Thank you, everyone. So please make sure you put your names down and let us know that you were here right to the very end of getting lots of thank yous and beautiful. My, my parting message with, to everyone is that I think you're all fantastic people. Dentists are fantastic. You're in a great profession. You're in a profession that transforms lives emotionally for a lot of people. You restore their confidence. Be proud of that and just make sure that people understand that's what you do and you're really good at it. So you just don't fix and extract teeth. You don't rip them out and you don't just patch them up. You do a lot more. So let them understand that and just spend time with your patients explaining that to them. Yeah. And it's all about the patient, guys. This is all about giving the patients the best outcomes to what we know they really need as well. So thank you, everyone. Thank you so much. You're going to say goodnight. And yeah, see you next week for our last session. So make sure you join us live. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Bye. And that's it for another session of Dental Evolution. Dr. Tony and Emmanuel invite you to follow them on Instagram and Facebook via Dental Evolution World or visit them at MomentumManagement.com.au or DentalED.com. Thank you for spending your valuable time with us and we look forward to having you listening again in our next session.